Hello and welcome to Our Lady of Victory. Today is July 6th and we're going to reflect upon the first reading from Mass today which is taken from the book of the prophet Hosea. And I'd like to think about that reading and reflect upon it in light of the spirit of the 4th of July. I'm still thinking a little bit about our nation's founding and um, the principles on which it was founded, the beliefs of our founding fathers, and, and kind of look at what is Hosea telling us that we can use today? What is happening to Israel? What's happening to our country? And what's the answer to those problems then and now? Okay? I mean, there's a lot of good going on, too. I don't want to only focus on the problems, but this is kind of where we're going right now. So, did first of all, did you know that Thomas Jefferson and John Adams died on the same day, on the 4th of July? So here we have two of the most essential founding fathers dying on the day that the Declaration of Independence was signed. And not only that day, on the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. They died in 1826. You know, and that significance wasn't lost on the people of that time. They didn't view it as mere coincidence. And in fact, John Quincy Adams, the son of John Adams, of course, um, recorded in his diary this. He felt that it was not a mere coincidence, but a visible and palpable manifestation of the divine favor. Well, I think that's an awesome thing to consider because for all the trouble that we've had in the country over the years, and even today, of course, um, we still do have a country founded on the belief that all people are endowed by their Creator with certain rights. Among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I do believe that by far most Americans believe this to be true and would fight to defend it for themselves and for others. Well, why then the injustices of the past and the present? the undeniable injustices that have occurred in the past and in the present. And why is there so much confusion and division today? Well, John Adams said this. In a speech to the military in 1798, he says this. We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Well, let's see what the Bible can shed, and then a little commentary afterward. What the Bible can, what light the Bible can shed on Adam's assertion? Let's read that passage from the first reading from Mass today, which is taken from Hosea, chapter ten, verses one and three, seven and eight. And verse 12. From the book of the prophet Hosea. Israel is a luxuriant vine whose fruit matches its growth. The more abundant his fruit, the more altars he built. The more productive his land, the more sacred pillars he set up. Their heart is false, now they pay for their guilt. God shall break down their altars and destroy their sacred pillars. If they would say we have no king, since they do not fear the Lord, what can the king do for them? The king of Samaria shall disappear, 
like foam upon the waters. The high places of Avon shall be destroyed, the sin of Israel. Thorns and thistles shall overgrow their altars. Then they shall cry out to the mountains, cover us, and to the hills fall upon us. Sow for yourselves justice, reap the fruit of piety. Break up for yourselves a new field, for it is time to seek the Lord, till he come and rain justice down upon you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, in the reading from Hosea, the verses 1 and 2 kind of summarize what's going on in this passage and, and maybe a theme that's going through the whole book of Hosea. The wealthier Israel becomes, the more corrupt she is. Well, why pick on wealth? Well, wealth is a false god. And while there are others, and others apply here as well, we'll kind of focus on one, okay? Wealth is a false god, and they're putting their trust in something other than the covenant that God wanted to, that God formed with them, first of all. They're, They're letting go. They're not living up to their end of the covenant. They're forming covenants with false gods, okay? And while they're prospering for a time, their demise will come. This passage is a reminder that material progress can also have negative consequences. Holy Scripture teaches the human family what the experience of the ages confirms. That while human progress is, of course, of great advantage to man, it brings with it strong temptation. For when the order of values, I read this part from a, from a commentary, I thought it was profound. For when the order of values is jumbled and bad is mixed with the good, individuals and groups pay heed solely to their own interests and not to those of others. You know, perhaps this is what Adams was pointing to. The underlying theme is that the people put their trust in their own resources, neglecting to seek the Lord. And the Lord proclaims through Hosea, he proclaims, Since they do not fear the Lord, what can a king do for them? Since they do not love the Lord, in other words, since they do not love God with their whole heart, their whole soul, their whole mind, and their whole being, like we heard in last week's gospel, then they cannot properly love others. They cannot receive and live. They can't live in the covenant God wants to live in with them. And they can't love others like God is calling them to do. Well, a new Gallup poll, this just came out in the news yesterday, I saw it. You know, a new Gallup poll shows that Americans' faith in God has hit an all-time low. Now, that's certainly a a negative thought, but 81% of Americans still do believe in God. So, but we're at an all-time low still, even with that being the case. So, our faith in the uh, in our country we have an, an all-time low for faith in God. And and the article cites some faith lever, leaders to kind of what are the factors behind this? Why are are um, are people going this way? You know, and when one says, you know, people are just simply filling their lives with things other than God. A Lutheran pastor says this. People are counting, continuing to search and continue to think about the larger questions. But the lack of dedicated spaces and time set aside for that leads to chaos that we see around us presently. 
So the fact that people aren't going to services, aren't joining in community and worshiping God, and aren't praying, setting aside that time, they're losing touch with God. They're losing a sense for God, right? Um, you know, church church services and contemplation time are replaced with just busyness. We know that everybody's challenged to find time for prayer and for 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 going to church. In fact, this is one thing I notice in in my own ministry. It, it's wrong to think that people don't want to go to church. I mean, some people don't. I get that, but most people are just see it as non-essential. They, um, you know, kids got a soccer game or go to church. You know what I mean? It's it's not that they don't want to go. They're just very busy lives and are choosing something other than what really is most important. Well, Bishop Barron is also um, cited in this. And he says, um, When I was a kid, my parents took it for granted that we'd be brought to Mass, that we'd be taught the ways of prayer. We learned about the saints. They just immersed us in that world. And he says, he goes on to say, when you don't immerse people in that world, when you say things like, oh, it's up to you to decide when you're 16, you lose all that. And then why should we be surprised, Baron says, that young people are adrift and young people have lost their sense of purpose and meaning? You see, I think this is connected to what John Adams was saying all the way back to those people in the, in the early years of our country that our country thrives when we put God at the center of our lives and that injustice can flourish, confusion can flourish, misuse of our liberty flourishes when we lose sight, when we lose our sense for God, right? You know, we, brothers and sisters, Christ is the answer to what ails our country. As Christians, we're baptized priest, prophet, and king. I've said this before in these reflections, but it's worth bringing up again. Like the prophet Hosea, see, the prophets are all sent on mission to proclaim the word of God. Everybody that encounters God in the Bible is sent on a mission, and usually, maybe always, it's to proclaim the word of God, to make God known to others. That's what we're called to do. You know, we're baptized priest, prophet, and king. Priest gives God highest praise. We praise God above all things, and then the order, all everything else falls into order, right? Other things become rightly ordered. Prophet, we're called to speak the divine truth, to proclaim it by the way we live. Jesus calls us all to be lights of the world, sharing the gospel message in word and in action. King, that means we're all baptized and sent out on mission into the world. You know, this is how we find meaning and purpose in our lives. This is how we carry the wisdom of God to the others. This is how we bless our nation. This is how we restore it and keep it great. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, to ask the Lord how we can you know, share our faith with our, with our circle of influence. How can we do it in a way that uh, strengthens their faith and inspires them to enter into relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's pray about those things this day. Go in peace, brothers and sisters.